Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I'm your host, songwriter Matt Targa. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way. As an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today comes to us from Norman, Oklahoma, who now lives in Oklahoma City. He is one Dan Pekacek of the band Plain Speak. Dan is also a guitar pedal designer at Old Blood Noise Endeavors. For all you pedal enthusiasts out there, I'll be dropping a link to check out Old Blood Noise Endeavors in the show notes, and the same for Plain Speak. You might be wondering what Dan is creatively working on or what's inspiring him at the moment. Well, Dan is about to release two new Plain Speak songs and currently writing more. He is also always tinkering with new effect pedal ideas. In terms of any favorite sports or activities, uh, Dan loves to play tennis, though, by his own admission. Uh, he does not play nearly as often enough. Who knows? Maybe that could, you know, change in, in the future, maybe in the spring, Dan. In terms of Dan's favorite TV shows to watch or stream, it's an ever-changing list, but currently he is really into The Good Place, Great British Baking Show, and Silicon Valley. All of those programs are in his rotation. For our conversation today, we are going to be discussing American indie folk singer, songwriter, and musician Chris Bathgate and his record, A Cork Tale Wake, which was released on Great Scientific Records on June 26th of 2007. This was Chris's first label release and third full-length record overall at the time. A Cork Tale Wake was recorded at Arbor Vita. Backseat Productions, as well as Big Sky Studio, all in the town of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Jim Roll engineered and mixed. Brian Peters was also on the mixing desk, and Ian Gorman was in charge of mastering this record. Were there any guest performers on the album? Well, it was a whole slew of talented local artists that you could easily find on various websites, such as allmusic.com. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest today. Dan, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day and away from the pedal boards, as it were, to be on our yeah, program. Thanks, really thanks appreciate for having it. me. Happy to be here. All right. Well, let's talk about Chris Bathgate and uh, Corktail Wake. Uh, full disclosure, um, sir, I was not familiar with Chris's work, so thanks so much for the introduction. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Happy to introduce this music to others. <laughs> Yeah. What uh, compelled you to choose this particular record from Chris? So I, when you asked me to be on the podcast, I, you know, kind of started thinking from, from when I was a kid to now, what are some influential albums and, um, a lot of different things crossed my mind. And then, um, at some point I just started thinking about this album that I found in early college that, uh, shaped a lot of my songwriting, but also from, uh, from seeing Chris Bathgate play live around that time uh he used a a boss loop station in this way that was just kind of mind-blowing to me and it made me think gosh i gotta get that loop station and it was the first kind of it was the piece of guitar gear that really kicked off my interest in guitar gear and so when i started to think about that connection of how he's influenced both my music and then now kind of my career path of being a uh a designer in the guitar pedal industry. Uh, I just thought that would be a, 
really good record to talk about. That's so great. Who can you tell us who is the vocalist or uh, lead singer on this record? And, you know, perhaps a little bit about uh, the background of the additional musicians and, and players. Uh, you know, it seems like it's, it's a nice, you know, local group that was assembled, but you know, what, what can you tell us just about this overall, you know, menagerie of folks involved? Yeah, so it, um, you know, it's uh, Chris Bathgate is the, is the singer and songwriter and kind of playing the main guitar parts on everything and, uh, and piano as well. And, um, and at the time when I was seeing him live, it was always solo but there would be every once in a while you'd catch a show where he had a couple other people on stage with him. And there was kind of this sense of, uh, just a rotate rotating cast of uh, really talented friends of his, um, that may play with him live. And I think that's kind of reflected on this record as well. You look through the list and it's just a whole ton of people contributing, you know, string instruments and horns and drums and, um, it, uh, I don't know if I have anything particular, you know, in particular of note to mention about, uh, individual performers on it, but it's just a really cool, uh, collection of, uh, of yeah, talented people that were just also part of that local like, indie folk scene at the time. We're talking with my friend, Dan Pekacic here of old blood noise endeavors, as well as plain speak here on cover to cover with Matt Tarkin. Uh, Dan, you mentioned that you, you know, you experienced, uh, watching Chris perform live in Michigan. Um, can you describe for our listeners perhaps, um, did you, did you experience this album, you know, at first in a live setting and then go, you know, listen to the studio effort, how, you know, how did experiencing this collection of songs, how did that, how did, how did that happen? Yeah, so I was actually kind of thinking about this earlier today and trying to remember exact timelines and everything. So, uh, you know, memory is a funny thing, but at least as I remember it, um, in my, my freshman year going to Michigan state, um, I, one of the first musicians I met there was this guy, Steve Leaf. And, uh, and we, we became friends and I was really loved his music. And, uh, I think he was doing some loop stuff around that time too. And, um, just in one of our conversations, he was like, there's this guy, Chris Bathgate that you've got to see, like you'd love him. And, uh, and at some point, probably later that in that, that freshman year of college, I saw him. And I guess at the time he would have been playing kind of a mix of things of, um, the album before this called throat sleep and then uh songs that i don't know if he was recording them at the time but they'd later be released on on a corktail wake and then um so i was introduced to most of these songs live initially and then i come back for uh, my sophomore year and the album has come out over this summer and if i recall correctly um he was playing at the student union uh at michigan state as part of like a, a welcome week you know, local music show thing, um, and had the record with him and I, and I bought it there and then just, you know, listened to it over and over throughout the course of that year. And, and still to this day, you know, so it was interesting seeing the songs live and then experiencing them in studio form and certain elements that matched how they were done live and other things that were totally different. Uh, and then to also after getting familiar with the recordings, then continue to see him live and kind of see how the songs took different shapes depending on uh, whether it was on the record or solo live or live with uh, some other performers. So this record, uh, as we recall here, uh, was his first for great scientific records and his third full length record uh, at the time sorry, uh, in 2007. Quite scientific. Is that, just, is that 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quite scientific. Oh, I think earlier you said great. I said and great I like, scientific. Oh, maybe I'll mention that later. So, but yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. So his first for quite scientific. <laughs> pardon me, Dan, and, and pardon pardon me, Chris, if you happen to to catch this conversation. Quite scientific records. <laughs> is um is this particular offing before we really get into the nitty gritty of these tracks? Um, is this a sound that um that he was continuing to build upon? Or do you think that this was a, a little bit of a departure based on his uh, previous two so full-length I think albums? This one occupies a really interesting moment where uh, if you go back one album, um, you listen to, uh, it's an album called Throat Sleep, and it's one that he self-produced. And um, it, you can just tell that the production quality is different and the um, sort of the instrumentation and a lot of the choices feel uh, it's like a longer record and it's, um, it feels like an insult to say it's less cohesive, but it just, it feels like he's trying a lot of different things. And then in a corktail wake, it's like just this, to me, very cohesive idea that feels like, you know, he was able to, uh, have outside production and the support of, of this label and, uh, to really hone that sound that he was developing, and then to go forward to the next record, Salt Year, or the next full length, at least, I think he had uh, uh, some some singles and uh, uh, an EP in between. But that next full length doesn't come out until, I think, four years later um, and sort of shows a lot of growth and sort of just a different, there's still recognizable elements, but it, it, it each thing thing kind of occupies its own space and i feel like corktail wake just sits so perfectly between the uh, the two records around it we're talking about corktail wake from indie american singer-songwriter chris bathkate here on cover to cover with matt targa <laughs> on quite scientific records <laughs> it feels like a natural segue right now to talk about um what some of your favorite tracks on this album maybe so we've you know we, we've we've kind of set this up in, in such a way where we have an idea stylistically as to what he's going for are there any comparisons that we could you know draw from before we we talk about uh chris as an artist um a couple of artists that came to mind at least you know from my vantage point here were iron and wine just in terms of some just the, the sonic quality that that you can experience in this record and um there there were some elements you know of uh neutral milk hotel that was another one that came to mind uh yes yeah, so i think say those you? are both good comparisons i also it's interesting i saw it in a couple different places looking up the uh kind of the credits and stuff for this for this album just to see if there was any additional info uh you know that i might not have known before uh there were a couple comparisons to will oldham uh and I thought I've never listened to him before, so I'll, I'll have to listen and, and see if that, if those comparisons are, are good or not. But yeah, I think Iron and Wine and uh, Neutral Milk Hotel, especially for the way those horns kind of come into uh, come into play. Um, I think for me, it's interesting because in in high school, I listened to a lot of uh, sort of indie rock and emo bands. So I was listening to a lot of American football, uh, Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, Manchester Orchestra, a lot of bands that uh, wouldn't be considered folk. And then I kind of, I arrived in Michigan and I started seeing these performers that come from a more uh, 
folk Americana background, but it all seemed so new to me because I hadn't really been listening to that stuff. So, um, I'm kind of not sure who to compare it to because it, it, I think yeah, because I of when I came to Chris Bathgate's music, it feels very singular uh, to me personally, you know? There's a, yeah, there, there are a lot of just, you know, there's some great bands that are from the Midwest that, that kind of have that folk, you know, uh, you know, at times Americana uh, stylings just seeped into their music. I wonder if some of this is, you know, a little you know, it is indicative of the climate it's, in some ways, you know, it's an incredibly in your surroundings. cold weather record to me. <laughs> like there's something about like this feeling of hmm. you're all huddled up inside around a fire and like somebody brings a mandolin and an acoustic guitar and, uh, and we all sing around it. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's something about this feeling of an oppressive Michigan yeah. winter, but a, uh, a real warmth, uh, huddled against it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this feels like the right time to talk about some of your favorite tracks. Where would you like uh, to begin? There Dan? are a few places we could start, but I, I think, uh, let's talk about cold fusion first. It's the, uh, kind of in the middle of the, the album. Okay. And, um, it's just a song that I got really attached to it was a <clears throat> excuse me um you know it's a it's it's early college emotions are high and it's this this song that I would go to all the time when I was feeling down um, and I think uh listening back to it now I think it there are a lot of great lyrical turns in it that kind of describe the um the lyrical quality of this album where there's there's kind of a poetry to it where you can uh, really easily attach your own feelings to it and kind of whatever you're going through, like find lines here and there that really feel like they describe it, but you can't necessarily, I, I couldn't tell you like, Oh yeah. Cold fusion is obviously about this particular thing. It's, it's more just a, a painting of an idea of a feeling. Um, and I like how stripped down it is right in the middle of the record. It's just guitar and voice. And then there's, there's kind of that string part that comes in, uh, maybe two thirds of the way through kind of later in the song, uh, that just reveals a bit of extra kind of surprise lush instrumentation to support, uh, just the real depth and lyricism of that song. Yeah. yeah it's cold. It's delicate at, at the same time, you know, you, you know, um, there are serpents that appear to be covering the protagonist in this story. And he really, um, I, I've never heard the word tornado and drugs used in the same type of phrase. He he talks about a tornado of of drugs that he owns, and you know, contrasting isn't the word I'm looking for. But it, you know, fi- but he's trying he or she, whoever the the main characters is, is, trying to find ways of reconnecting with people that um, they haven't seen in several years. You know, one of those places happens to that happens to be called out is Chicago, and he's 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 pleading to somebody and I'm saying sort of a Royal, you know, kind of he like, please stop, stop, please. It becomes this, you know, this, yeah, this refrain. That, I was over going to mention that again. tornado of drugs. I own line. Cause that one always stuck out to me as well. And well, no. And you mentioned the oh, please, Chicago. please do. There's something really please, interesting yeah. in that line too, where he says, and I saw you on the street in two years, Chicago. So there's that mixing of tenses, uh, that is just, a very interesting turn 
especially in the context of that tornado of drugs, sort of this idea of like uh, kind of confusion and uh, searching backwards and forwards yeah. simultaneously. Yeah, it reminds me of a character in Twin Peaks, you know, asking, yeah. is it future or is it past? If you're familiar with that program and and that kind of saying that there's this this element yes, of constant confusion. Yeah. Along with Cold Fusion, what what are some of your other favorite tracks so, on this album? There seems to be a companion if you are interested in talking about absolutely, that one. That's yeah. the opening um, one, Serpentine. Yeah, so Serpentine is just a beautiful opener and um, really sets the tone for a lot of things that will happen throughout. It's interesting because it's kind of the one piano song on the album, but um, the way that instruments come in and out and the, um, I think this sense of this is uh, this songwriter supported by a, sort of an amorphous set of 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 other personnel where parts will come in and out but you you don't have this feeling of like oh this is a rock band i hear two guitars and a bass and drums and the vocalist it's you know there's a piano part and a singer and then there's strings and horns and drums that don't sound like a full kit they sound like a couple snares played by a couple different people and um just introduces a lot of really cool ideas and that that motif of the snakes that kind of starts and then shows up again in, in cold yeah. fusion. It's really interesting when you listen to this track that the drums are, are very uh, syncopated. And if you have a pair of headphones on, you hear the drums first yeah. in the right channel and it goes from right to left, which is, uh, yeah, I, I found very unusual. There are both in this album and uh, in salt year, the, the full length that followed, there's a lot of unusual drum choices. And um, actually on the, the shows supporting salt year he would have um multi-instrumentalists on stage that would each have uh, i can't remember the setup exactly but they would have like one drum a piece to kind of create the those feelings of uh syncopated um drums bouncing back and forth off each other and uh so you can kind of hear it starting in the recordings here and then later it becomes an element of the live show as well oh that's so cool are there any lyrics in particular on this song that stand out for you? Is there anything that just, you know, says, wow, that's a really interesting yeah, trying to think uh, turn of phrase of uh, particular moments from it. Um, oh, wait. Okay. I've got one. <laughs> um, there's there's uh, this line where he says, um, and I'm not sure the exact lyrics, but it sounds to me like the one dull dawn I'm sentenced to repeat. And then this single piano note that represents the start of the, the kind of the piano riff, uh, if you'll allow that that phrase. So he sings the one doll dawn I'm sentenced to repeat, and then you just hear pling, 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 and then all the instruments come back in, and there's just this singular note getting repeated, just echoing that feeling of like the same dull thing that I keep kind of going through over and over in that serpentine way. You know, you think of. Uh, the Uroboros, Uroboros, the uh, you know yeah. snake eating its tail, and you think of this kind of serpentine thing repeating itself. Yeah, there is a lyric that I think uh, you know came a little bit after the one you just mentioned, and it it kind of you know simulates it in in some ways. It goes, "One brash phrase yes. could crash this fragile day." <laughs> That's some sinister stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There's. <laughs> 
I love, yeah, and there's so I many, this so many lines like that yeah. just ha- that have this kind of a brutal turn to them, you know, that and the the tornado of drugs and the, there's a lot of intensity to the word choice amongst this sort of softer instrumentation, you know. We're talking with my friend Dan Pekacic here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, specifically about uh, Chris Bathgate and his record, A Cork Tail Wake. Dan, what other, so what other tracks would you like um, to discuss? The second track on it, uh, it's called The Last Parade on Ann Street. And I, be, I assume it refers to Ann Street uh, in Ann Arbor. Mm, um, yeah. I remember uh, in East Lansing at the time, there was also an Ann Street. And I remember thinking, wow, is it that street? And then later I thought, no, it's probably not. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, I think <laughs> this song is really interesting in the way that it it starts with just, uh, you know, again, you just have a guitar and a voice plays for a while. And then there's this moment where all of these different guitar parts come in and it's this almost cacophonous, like just hugeness of individual guitar parts and drums kick in. And I think that represents kind of the, the solo loop performances that first drew me to him. So I, I remember when I first heard this song, I felt like, oh, I really know this one because what he would do for those live performances is he might loop that chord progression and then just one guitar part after the other, just very slowly build it. So you would see it happen live until by the end he's, his voice comes back in, he's singing the last parade on Ann street, babe over just all these guitar parts that you've seen him layer live. Um, and so I think this, uh, this song really captures that, that feeling yeah. and the way that then everything starts to trail off and you hear this, kind of this one electric guitar plinking along with what the acoustic is doing and the electric almost sounds just slightly out of tune but just in this uh, this really perfect way uh, as everything fades out that is track two on this particular record we have a we have a track that follows the last parade on ann street called every wall you own um feels like a good segue it kind of you know it it brings up the intensity in in a slightly different way there's some shuffling drums and uh, i believe this is the first introduction yes of, you know, yeah <laughs> a joyful trumpet as it were and some cello uh well, ch- well cello is you know it's is, is kind of pervasive throughout this record but it's just a nice uh absolutely it's a nice compliment yeah. to the trumpet I'd actually be, I would actually be curious to hear you talk a little more about this track just because it's, it's one I like, but it wasn't one that crossed my mind as, oh, I want to make sure to talk about this. So just as the experience of kind of introducing you to this album, I'm curious to hear kind of what, yeah, what your experience of it was. This one, along with mm, yeah. uh, a track later on called Restless, uh, re- it reminded me a lot of brighter later era of nick drake like circa 1971 maybe early 72 or whatnot there's a my reference point is probably a song called hazy jane part two and you have these you know i I, and you have these joyful trumpets you have this entire string arrangement and whatnot and um it's you know it's it's some sort of like quick paced quick paced lyrics there's there's almost this oh um <laughs> no i yeah, you I really put me on the spot here boss <laughs> it's it's it, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of chaos there's there, there there's some confusion in there and and just trying to make sense of a universe that's changing around you and ev- when everything feels like it's spiraling out of control and 
you're wishing that, you know, things would just kind of slow down to a little bit more of a modified pace where you could digest exactly what's happening around you. So either you can adjust or, um, you know, just simply make sense of it. This, so this song really, you know, along with uh, restless really just connected, you know, connected with me really in a, in a very meaningful way because I absolutely. I yeah. And that, I, I love, I love that the way you captured that, Drake. that feeling. I think that's a good, a good sense of, of what I love about this album too. That, yeah, that sense of trying to make sense of the chaos. I was uh, thinking of, uh, there's a line in, in restless where, uh, sort of the instrumentation drops and he's just strumming an acoustic guitar and he sings, I know now that there is no God. And it's this very like triumphant major key sound. And then he sings that line and it, and you just feel crestfallen. Like, you know, what a, what a crushing thing to, to suddenly know. Yeah. And then the next line as the other instruments come back in is a new love, new love is my new law. And you suddenly you feel like, Oh, this is this, this song about, about the love between humans and the power of that. And, uh, yeah, if again, yeah, making sense yes. of that chaos. Like, yeah. We are talking with Dan Pakachik here on cover to cover with Matt Tarka, specifically about a Midwestern songwriter that you all should check out named Chris Bathgate. And, uh, Dan, we, we've been talking about wrestles. We've been talking about every wall you own. There's a song here called Madison house. And from just, you know, some basic kind of, you know, research out there that's that's on the web, I figured out that this was a backyard I music never have. Have you ever and been to this venue before? That is actually a new detail to me. I love that. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. My understanding is this was some sort of prominent, you know, like both yeah. of us were in kind of the DC music scene for a couple minutes and, you know, there would be sort of that house show, you know, you'd have those types of environs. Well, Madison House sounds like it was kind of one of those places where this uh, community of artists would get together, congregate, collaborate, that and makes just perfect to be sense. In somebody's uh, backyard. Yeah, I just never knew that. That's funny. It, it's funny how it it you have those little places that uh, within a scene can be so hugely important, but then outside of it, you might you know you might just never have come across it. You know, it's the the places that really foster uh these these small local scenes are are, are pretty amazing and it's and yeah. so now I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that song again just knowing it refers to a specific place do you know was it a place in ann arbor or uh, did you catch like what city it was in okay yeah because i yeah, i would have been going to school I in east lansing at the arbor. time so yeah. for me the place that like i associate very strongly with sure. this album is uh, a venue called scene metro space and i used to play there as well and that that was just it was this small art gallery um downtown that also hosted live music uh it felt like most nights at least every weekend uh and so that was kind of the yeah the space that that i experienced a lot of this music in so it's fun to know that yeah that madison house is referring to an equivalent type of space beautiful yeah i I really like this song there's this like squealing guitar feedback you know that it it sounds like it's coming like straight out of a tunnel and then it like transitions into this lightly plucked violin and upright bass and i mean there's some really cold stark pictures that are painted you know on here like i'm not asking you to change your name but i can't leave you now i left a hole in the cold september dawn 
I mean, that just, just reading just, that on just a page you saying it to me, me actually just got a chill down my spine. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Cause yeah, it left a hole in the cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. It really is. Yeah. So check that one out, kids. Um, yeah. After Madison house, um, you know, we talked, we talked about cold fusion. Um, I, what do you think about a flash of light? Yeah. Followed by? Sort <laughs> yeah, of a flash a, of understood ellipse I there. Ending a, ending the name of a song <laughs> on a preposition like that. <laughs> um, I actually, I really love the placement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I was listening to this album again today just to kind of, you know, any, any other little tidbits I should talk with Matt about. And, uh, I was noticing how uh, I knew I was going to talk about cold fusion. Cause that's always been just, uh, it's always just, it's a song that's meant a lot to me for, you know, over all these years. And, um, I was noticing that the way a flash of light followed by comes in is just really cool. Um, because it's these two guitars, two acoustic guitars, hard panned left and right. And they're distorting a little bit, almost like the console is turned up a little too hot. You know, it's just that yeah. kind of like almost gross preamp distortion, but they're bouncing back and forth. They're playing the same riff initially. And then one of them, yeah, doom, dee, 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 dee. a lot of hammer. Like notes. you hear just one of them play the next thing and then they play together. And then the other one takes over that part and they keep bouncing back and forth. And then there's just a lot of, uh, those same pizzicato, you know, plucked instruments, but then also very kind of distorted gritty type sounds. Um, and it, there's a fuzzed out trumpet on there too. It kind of sounds like you're, it feels like you're yeah. walking, you know, down, you know, down an alley on a rainy night. Listen there's, there's so song. many just like, yeah, fuzzed out parts during that, like the acoustic and the trumpet. Yeah. A lot of instruments that you wouldn't normally hear distorted like that, you know, and there's such a, a cool grit to it, you know? Yeah. It, you know, it, this reminded me of the greatness of, into the airplane over the sea, which was uh, a neutral milk hotel yeah. album from, I think it was 1996 joyful. Yet, yeah. I'm know, thinking of the uh, kind of angry and sinister. <laughs> my eyes got black. There's, and my uh, lip there's got a cold. line in there. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the start of it, but it ends with uh, on the night where the moon struck my backyard. And it, there's this, it's funny because it's like, it, you're probably just describing a, a moonlit night, you know, you're in your backyard, there's a, a strong moonlight. It could be a very romantic image, but because of that word struck, that sense of the moon is like hitting. I, every time I hear that lyric, I picture, um, almost like a cartoon moon, uh, crashing to earth, you know, <laughs> and, uh, this sense of like the moonlight hits yeah, your yard yes, and then yes, the yeah. entire moon itself engulfs the world of your backyard. Um, so it's just an interesting way of phrasing that for sure. We're talking with Dan Pekacic here on cover to cover with Matt Targa, specifically about Chris Bathgate's a cork tail wake, uh, musician, a Michigander, if you will. Uh, the next track we have here is Last Wine of Winter. And we've talked about these, you know, just this cold climate, you know, that that exists in this part of the Midwest. And um, this just is perfectly titled. Uh, the imagery in here just gives you the sense, you know, that your bones are feeling brittle. Um, you you just need to, to hunker down with this 
proverbial last one of winter. What do you, what do you yeah, think about I, the instrumentation yeah, you absolutely of the track? On the head. You're feeling, especially at this point in the record, you're just really feeling the, feeling the cold of it, you know, even though it came out in summer, you know, I'm trying to picture if I had been a Chris Bathgate fan already and this album came out and I, you know, bought, bought it and, and put it like, put it in my car and drove around it did, didn't sunny it in June. <laughs> so I wonder what, what it would have felt like. Um, but yeah, I love yeah. last one of winter is another, um, good, uh, interplay between acoustic guitar and, uh, and trumpets. Um, I have a cork in the last wine of yes. winter. I have a mess and a pen and some paper. That's it's real minimalist, but you know, you know that you're going on some sort of uh, that, that there's an adventure here. There's there's somebody who who is on a mission here. They've they've got to get some things down on paper, and this this last wine that they've been stashing away is 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 going to help. Yeah. You know, also like there's a line with some inspiration, um, perhaps. Uh, I hear taps ring out in the city when I go for walks on late fi- Friday evenings. And uh, it makes me think of, you know, that, that song taps. And so just the way that mm-hmm. the trumpet kind of pops, pops in and out, but it could also just mean I hear taps ring out in the city in the sense of it's cold, it's winter, you're walking around and you're just hearing your footsteps echoing off the the walls of every building because nobody else is going for a walk in on a late Friday evening when it's oh my cold. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's two o'clock in the morning. The bars are closed. Yeah. Restaurants are closed. <laughs> I'm having a late night, <laughs> but I'm yeah, but another, I'm feeling really inspired kind of right now. Of a line where it's like, I, you know, I couldn't tell you exactly what Chris Bathgate's intention was with that, but I could tell you multiple ways that we could interpret it. You know, it, and I think uh, I just really appreciate that about a lot of the lyrics on this album. You know, the, there there's a sense that the protagonist, you know, has this feeling of feeling really inspired, perhaps feeling really creative too, but they don't want, they they want somebody to enjoy this time that they're having in this cold, dark night on a Friday evening. You know, there's a, there's a mention in here. I have a room that you should come over. It's very open-ended, you know, I've got this bottle of wine here. I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling conversational. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you join me? Absolutely. <laughs> After the last wine of winter, we have I really love Do this What's song. Easy. Uh I was listening to this record when I when I was trying to decide what what I wanted to talk about on the podcast. I I put this back on and I hadn't listened to it in a little while, maybe maybe a year or so. And um I heard Do What's Easy and uh it's just such a beautiful sort of resigned song you know it's all this advice that you shouldn't follow you know uh but it but it it is just sung so beautifully and it's just about that (laughs) sense of like you know sometimes you just you just want to do what's easy like waste every evening you know (laughs) and um it it's so clearly the wrong thing to yeah, do and so do clearly presented easy. that way. Yeah. But it sounds so romantic, every single suggestion he has, you know? And um and it feels like such a an interesting yes, closer. Yes. Um so then it's interesting that the very last song of the record is actually called Coda, because there's that sense of, you know, do what's easy was kind of the end, but then we have this coda that, that kind of adds on. But I don't want to barrel past do what's easy, but I just think it's an interesting it's interesting in that it yeah feels like a closer to the album and then there turns out to be one more song. Sure. 
you know, yeah, the, the singer's talking about smoking cigarettes till your chest rattles like hell. <laughs> yeah. Not probably the best decision for your health, but it's something that you can, it, it doesn't take a lot of uh, brain power to yeah, light up a cigarette and keep smoking and smoking as much as you'd like. Do do what's do what's easy, mate. You know, if you if you feel like you need some pain, here's yeah, here's it's that, it's that easy rhythm the, to fall into. And, you know, you're you're in your twenties <laughs> and you're feeling that again. Let's you know, just to go back to that sense of when everything is chaotic, what do you have to hold on to? And sometimes it's just, well, I'm just gonna do what's easy. I'm just gonna let every wall feel the force of your fist. You know, it's desperately punching out at at anything. You know. Oh. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned Fist. There's one song that oh, yeah, yeah. skipped over and it's called Smiles Like a Fist. Yeah. A lot of keyboards, a lot of synth. Yeah. You know, a lot of great tones. Fuzzy electric guitars. Um, there's a lot. There's a, yeah, there's a line in here. I'll mention it very briefly. Buried your bones in the wet pavement. That, that could very easily fit <laughs> on any episode of Forensic Files. <laughs> A nice reminder <laughs> how wonderful of a, a documentary type of series that yeah, is. Even just the, just the, you know, that title alone smiles like a fist. Wow, that <laughs> that's uh, feels scary. <laughs> yes. I think it would be interesting to note for, for everybody who is listening to our program here that uh, the last track called Coda in parentheses has St. Anne Street Part 2. So there is a continuation of the feelings and emotions Absolutely. from St. Yeah. Street and Coda. And that, um, there were a couple of Chris Bathgate songs that I actually would cover every once in a while. It's funny to think back to like, I, like, I wonder if you and I ever played a show together in DC where I did a Chris Bathgate cover because that would have been around that right time. Um, <sighs> was it? Could yeah. Have, could have yeah. Been or the, uh, Big I was trying to remember the name Lounge. of that. There's that Ethiopian restaurant. Like, Maybe. uh, <laughs> Oh, hold on a sec. Hold on. Um, wait, 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 wait. I got it. Yes, exactly. It was right at the, the lock. Of, That's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> the lock. Was it the lock? Yes. <laughs> it was. Yeah. That was, that was a there. fun little community right there. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was a deceivingly good venue. Food was good. <laughs> yeah. But for music, it just had some yeah, natural show up like, So this is where the show is. It was good is, for what we were just, up to. It felt right, you know? <laughs> yeah. You had carte blanche <laughs> so, to, to experiment my loop station and my, my various pedals and Sonic built a bunch of textures. So cool. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, did, they did not know what they were in for. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this song is another that would, would have a lot of... Um, looped the kind of parts live i remember it being a, a live favorite of mine and um just a lot of good lines in there you know a, a coda case of the true love blues um and uh just yeah the the way that it kind of caps off mm -hmm. the overall sense of the album is uh yeah it's a nice coda <laughs> yeah dan we you know this is going to be a question about cover art we live in this universe where, you know, we've talked about chaos and confusion. All every way that we are um, consuming information these days is so it's so quickly accessed in the palm of our hand, or if you have, you know, one of these fancy smartphone contraptions, it's with a click of a few buttons. Instant gratification, instant gratification of news, whatever. 
in the 21st century, uh, artwork, no matter what, remains a cornerstone with every newly released single, whether it's digital or physical albums uh, or full-length albums. What is conjured up in your mind when you look at this cover so for A Cork Whenever I, I see that I've got a copy of it on CD and uh, whenever I see that, I'm just, I'm just brought back to those, you know, those Michigan winters that we've talked about where it's, you know, it's dusky. There's like, you know, the sky is that nice kind of grayish shade of lilac and, uh, snow all over the ground. And there's this, you're just again, bundled up against the code and just kind of, I feel myself walking around, walking around campus, just kind of trying to make sense of, of things, you know, thinking college kids thoughts as it were. (laughs) But then what's interesting is that I've been kind of staring at, I pulled up a couple tabs just in case I needed info as we were talking. And so I've had the art in front of me this whole time. And now I'm just kind of looking at how it's this, like this blackbird in the act of, of cawing, you know, it's, it's beak is open and, uh, it's on, uh, like the surface it's on is just the, the material that the, the CD was, you know, the packaging of the CD. So there's this sense of like kind of a bird calling out within the void. And I think you could probably attach a lot of you know, metaphorical significance to the, those themes we talked about of like darkness, confusion, but also the ability to just kind of send your voice out and yell something and um, kind of hope that somebody hears it, you know? Does this record transport you back into the era in which this music was created it, when you it were does. experiencing it, it, always it for does the first time? two things where I I get transported back there, but then I also get to experience it newly and, uh, and kind of see how it fits with where life is now, you know, driving around, listening to it. And, um, like, for example, I talk about the, the, the tones on it, those kind of distorted acoustic guitars, something that I, I don't know if I would have noticed or definitely not been able to articulate when I was first listening to it, because, um, like I mentioned this, like after seeing him live, I got, I got a loop station and I started trying to explore guitar textures in a much deeper way. Uh, and so I've noticed that with really with a lot of the albums that I liked when I was in middle school, high school, early college, um, I still get to come back to them and experience them texturally in a new way. Um, the vocal lines and lyrics will still transport me back, but I can hear that that electric piano and just notice the the softness of it and how perfectly placed that that tone is. You know, so I, it's it's nice to get to live in two places while listening to something. Dan of Plain Speak and Old Blood Noise Endeavors, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you today about Chris Bathgate's A Cork Tailwig. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the program and sharing this music that uh, you know it, it's very obvious to me and hopefully our listeners too that it is it continues to deeply affect Thanks you so in much such for a having profound me. way it's, so uh, thank you so much you know, i love to get an excuse to talk about an album that i really love that maybe a lot of people haven't gotten a chance to hear yet so i really appreciate you uh, you bringing me on My thanks to Dan Pekacek today for taking some time to stop by cover to cover. For all you listeners out there, thank you so much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcast, whether it's Google Play, Stitcher, Apple, or TuneIn. Take a moment to tell a friend or family about our show. Let us know how much you like the show by giving us a good rating. It certainly helps us appear higher in those search results. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. 
Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. And we hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us today as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover. <laughs>